Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome each and every one of you, uh, everybody again online, um, to this mini-series. Just it's two weeks long. I titled it The Lord's Prayer because we're going to teach on the Lord's Prayer, or some of us call it the Our Father. I split it in two, so this week and next week, and I am really excited about that. We, we have had so much fun in the last two services with this message. It's been very impactful. And I want to begin with a Joe story. Um, growing up, my parents, mom and dad both, were very devout Catholics, and they really followed everything they learned. And one of the things they made us do uh, from the time I can remember, all the way until we had a job and we weren't home at night, um, they made us kneel down every night and pray. Can you imagine that they had seven boys? I don't know how, how they did that. We had a struggle managing four kids. And we knelt down and we had to pray a glory be to the Father, which is the beginning of the rosary, and our Father, which we'll talk about today, and a Hail Mary. And they did that every night. It doesn't matter, summer, we had to come in before bed, we had to do that. But during Lent, they took it up a notch. That's the 40 days before Easter. And we had to pray a whole decade of the rosary. So we had to pray, glory be to the Father and our Father, and 10 Hail Marys. And there were a couple times when we got the giggles and prayer turned into a discipline sec, you know, segment in our lives. But it was something really powerful for us to learn to pray, to be disciplined, to go to church. They were in church every Sunday. But then when I met Jesus at 19, I just, I considered all that, wrote prayers, and just kind of threw it all out. And I didn't touch it, didn't do anything with it. Then I went to Bible school, and I found out the Our Father was in the Bible. I actually didn't know that. I found out it was in the Bible. So I thought, oh, this is a good prayer. But I never bonded with it, and I hardly prayed it. And then I remember 20 years ago or so, I decided to teach the Our Father on a Wednesday night, and I went through every verse, but I still never really prayed it. But about a year, year and a half ago, we had a guest minister in, and I'm at lunch with him, and he's telling me uh, how he prays the Our Father first thing every morning, and he prays it halfway through the day, then he prays it at night. And I was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, poor Blaine's gone religious on me. And uh, I've known him since Bible school, and I thought, he's gone religious, praying these rote prayers, you know? And, and uh, I woke up the next morning, and I have what I call my prayer chair, and as soon as I wake up, I go sit there, and um, I just pray. And that next morning, I woke up and thought, I'm going to pray the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. And I did, and it was amazing. Something snapped in me after listening to my friend Blaine and it was so powerful. And I've been doing it every morning ever since. And then I'll pray it in the middle of the day. I'll pray it at the end. Uh, in the morning, I take my time and I bounce off of it and add things to it because it's like an outline. But in the afternoon, I just pray it straight through. At night, I pray straight through. That's because by the time I come to my afternoon, my brain is so squirrely after meetings and, and, and I can begin to wander my heart just from God and close. And so I'll pray that and just brings me back. And then at night, I'm really squirrely, so I pray it again just to bring myself back into connection with God. It's been a powerful prayer. And I thought, man, I have a two-week slot. And then we have our guest minister, Joe McGee, coming in in two weeks from today. I thought, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna teach this prayer and have some fun with it. And you know, there's some things, well, everything you have to learn, you have to be taught, you know, from the Bible, uh, and that's important. But then there are some things that are caught and you just won't catch it unless you're around 
the right people. And, and whoever you're around, you catch their spirit. So uh, many of you know this if you have friends that go to other churches and maybe you have a friend that goes to another church where the pastor's kind of rowdy and in your face and tough and they walk around being the same way, right? And you're like, man, they're just like their pastor. They're crazy like him, right? And then if the pastor is nice, the, the, that spirit gets off on the people. And I think when it comes to prayer, prayer is something that has to be caught too. And I'm really believing for all of us, we'll go to the next level. For some of you, you, you might be newer. You might think, man, I don't know how to pray. I'm, I'm not a pastor. I didn't go to Bible school. Jesus made it so simple when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, and you can do it. You can become very proficient. I'll be honest with you, I pray every Saturday morning with a group of people. Some of the best prayer warriors I know never went to Bible school, and they are not ministers, but they know how to pray, and it's amazing. So I have a big idea for this lesson, and it's actually for the entire series. I'll use it again next week, and it goes like this. If Jesus gave us a prayer, it's a prayer worth praying, right? And there's only one prayer in the Bible that Jesus gave us to pray, just one. Now, he encouraged us to pray different things, like pray to the Lord of the harvest, God the Father, to send laborers out to share Jesus with people. Pray for your enemies, right? He, he asked us to pray about things but he only gave us one prayer, and that makes the Lord's Prayer really, really powerful. So in the morning, I take my time and I bounce off each point. I'm gonna show you how that looks. I wanna do my best to help you catch that and pick it up. And many of you know it, but maybe take all of us to the next level, right? And then if you pray it straight through, it's never gonna mean the same thing. It's gonna mean so much more. You're gonna pray it with such passion like you've never prayed it before because now you understand what each part means. So let's do something a little different today. I'm going to read it uh, where it's at in the Bible, and I'd like you to read it with me. So let's read it out loud. For some of you, you memorized it from a different translation. That's okay. Keep praying it the way you memorized it, but I'm going to be reading the New American Standard, one of the closest translations from the original Hebrew and Greek, and let's read it together, Matthew 6, 9. Pray then this way. Read it with me. Come on, come on. Pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And let's, let's add the doxology. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the doxology uh, was added by Queen Elizabeth in the 17th century, so you won't find that in the Bible. We're not going to teach on it. And if you like praying it, don't take it out. I mean, it's powerful. You're ending with a very powerful ending to this prayer. So that was something that was added. Jesus didn't teach us to pray that, but it's fine to pray. Gee, there's a lot of prayers people created that are great prayers to pray. So we're going to go through just the first half, and then next week we'll go through the second half. And let's take a look now again, verse 9, and I want to deal with this first part. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I think it's interesting. Jesus gives us a prayer the first part of the prayer is giving God praise. And that's just how our lives should begin every morning, right? And it's just simply saying, hallowed be your name means your name is separated. Your name is holy and set apart. And it's just a time to praise God. So when I pray it straight through, it's beautiful. 
But in the mornings, I like to bounce off of this, and I like to just let some praise come out of here. So I'm not singing a song, which is awesome. I'm just literally letting it come out of here. And I want to be honest with you. Some mornings I have more than others. Some mornings I'm not as good. And some mornings just more bubbles up on this prayer. So, you know, we're, we're, we just have a day or two where we're just off our game. So it's just a shorter prayer. Uh, but I, I'm still praying it. But in most mornings, it, it has... It has a lot of flow to it. And just in case you wonder if you have a bad morning, that, that's normal. I have bad mornings too. But there, there's a picture of heaven. This is a future picture, guys. This is going to happen in the future. And every one of you in this room, every one of you in Borman, TCI, online, everyone listening in the future, if you know Jesus, you will be you will be at this event. You will actually be part of the crowd. And I read it recently, but I want to read the verses below. So let's read Revelation 7 and verse 9. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude. You'll be part of the multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands." They're, they're, they're going to worship God. I want to look at the verses below where they worship God. But I love when I read this because I think of our brothers and sisters in China who are Christian. They'll be standing next to us. Um, our brothers and sisters in Iran or uh, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, where they throw you in jail if you're a Christian in Saudi Arabia, um, they're going to be there. They're going to be worshiping with us. Our brothers and sisters from the African continent, our brothers and sisters from Central and South America, just all over the world. And here in America, we have so many beautiful ethnic groups, right? We're all going to be up there worshiping. And it's such a powerful thought. I was in a minister's conference years ago, and it was minister slash missions. We had missionaries from over 100 countries there. They were all part of that organization. And they took one night, and they worshiped with a worship song. And they had five or six of them up there, and they each sang a verse in their language. It was amazing, and I had never experienced that in my life, and I, to this day, I, I, I still am impacted by it, and so you had someone sing the song in German, someone sang the song in their African country language, someone from the Middle East, someone from the S South America. It was just amazing. Someone from Germany, I remember that. They all sang this beautiful song that we all knew. I can't remember the song, but I want to be honest with you. I don't remember what we sang last week. I'm just not good remembering songs, but I know it was impactful, and I look forward to this day, but every single morning, you and I can wake up and we can worship God just like they're doing at the throne, just like we'll do in the future. And so notice what happened, verse 10, and they cried out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And I'll just wake up in the morning. I don't rehearse it. And I just say, my Father who art in heaven, holy be your name. And then I just allow it to come out. You are awesome. You are holy. You are great. You are mighty. It just rolls out of there. And however long it takes, 
I just let it roll out. And there's something really powerful about that because God inhabits our praises and it just kind of begins my day the right way. It also is letting me know God's my father, he loves me, and I'm just letting them know how thankful I am that I'm one of his kids. It's very, very powerful. I had a friend recently, uh, he comes to church here, he's not a minister, he was vacationing in Florida and he sent me a text and the first thing I see is the picture of an ocean. And I thought, oh, he's going to tease me because I'm stuck in Ohio and he's in Florida. We have a lot of members that have moved to Florida. They retired. And uh, in the middle of the winter, they send me texts with palm trees. And they make fun of me for being up here in the winter. They say some fun, funny things, some uh, some terrible things about being in Ohio in the winter. And, and uh, I thought, that's where my friend's going. But it's not. He said, hey, I was taking a walk. And then here's what he said. He said, I thank God for every breath I take. It's great to be alive. And he wasn't trying to impress me. He's not one of those kind of guys. But I thought, whoa, that just bubbled right out of his heart. And that's where God wants to bring all of us to. That changes the way we look at life when we're thankful for what God's done in our lives. So that's the first thing I do every morning, and I let it roll. But then look at verse 10. I then say, your kingdom come. You can pray it straight through, but from this point on, you're going to know what you're praying now when you say your kingdom come. It's very powerful. And I pray for two things. And here's the first thing I pray for, guys. God's kingdom comes by expanding on earth when someone accepts Jesus. And every time someone accepts Christ as their Savior, the kingdom of God is expanded because they are entering into the kingdom of God. And I think that's so amazing. Listen to this stat, true stat right here. We have 2.4 billion Christians on planet Earth. That's pretty cool. That's 33% of the Earth's population. Christianity is the largest religion. There are also 1.2 billion people who don't believe in God at all. That's 16% of the Earth's population. Then there are those that are part of other religions. And so when we think about us as Christians, what's our purpose? Why, what's, what's our main reason for being on the earth? Sharing Christ with people, inviting people to church, spreading the message of the kingdom. What's the church supposed to do? We exist to see a city connected with God. How's the first way people are connected with God? By accepting Christ as their savior. And I think, wow, there's only 33% of the world. We need to reach more people. And Jesus talked about this. Listen to this, Matthew 24, 14. This good news about the kingdom will spread throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. And the question is this, is 34% enough? Is 35, is 40, is 50? When will God look at Jesus and say, everybody that needs to become a Christian has become a Christian. Go back and take the church home. I don't know when that's gonna be, but it's the end. The end is when the rapture comes, the seven-year tribulation, and Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom on planet Earth, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But when I pray this prayer, I'm praying for people to come into the kingdom of God. I'll show you how I pray it. But here's what happens every time someone accepts Jesus. When I accepted Jesus, here's what's happened. When you accepted Jesus, here's what, what happened. Colossians 1.13, for he, God, has rescued us from the one who rules the kingdom of darkness, and has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all of our sins. And so every time someone accepts Jesus, the kingdom of God expands on the earth. And so when we pray thy kingdom come, we're praying for people to come to know Christ. And so in the morning I sit down and I say, thy kingdom come. Here's, I do this every morning, guys. Sometimes I'll pray for other nations, but I always pray for our nation. 
And I pray, Lord God, I pray, I lift up Washington, D.C. And Lord, I pray for a revival to come in Washington, D.C. And I always do this. I pray for the places of power, right? And I say, I pray for the Congress. That's the Senate and the House of Representatives. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would saturate the Congress and that they would be convicted that they're sinners and you would open up their eyes to the fact they need a savior. And I ask you to just pull all the the blinders, every lie they believe that keeps them from looking at Jesus and open up their heart to receive Jesus Christ as their savior. And you know, you, you look at the news and you see some of those folks are crazy, but you know what? They can accept Jesus too, right? And we don't want to give up on them accepting Jesus. Now, I pray a little differently when I get to the next part. I'll show you how I do that for all those folks. But I I pray for the Congress, and I pray for the White House, and I pray for the president, the vice president, the cabinet, and I pray for God to invade the White House, for people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it is a powerful prayer. How how about the Supreme Court, guys? How about that? I'll do that too sometimes because that's our third branch of government, right? And I'll pray for the Supreme Court. They might come in, God-haters, but they can be saved. They can accept Jesus while they're in there. And so I just pray my heart out for the country. And then I bring it home and I pray for the valley. And I'll say, Lord, let there be a revival in our valley. The Holy Spirit, let them convict. And I just begin to pray for this valley. Then I make it personal. And I pray for believers, and I say, Lord, I pray for every campus, TCI, Borman, online, Warren. I pray for everyone that will listen to my voice online too, Lord, in the future. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, when someone just steps, they step foot on the grounds of Believer's Church, that if they don't know Jesus, he will begin to convict them that they're a sinner and they need a Savior. And he will convict them of their sin. He'll open up their eyes, take the blinders off. And I just pray for every weekend, every time someone walks in this building, in in all of our buildings, that they, they have the Holy Spirit convicting them and they come to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I believe that's one of the reasons so many people accept Christ here. Uh, That's why I do the altar call at the end of every service. That's why when you bring someone, whether they accept Christ that weekend or not, God's gonna work on them. And I love meeting people in the lobby, guys. I just recently met a couple. They both had the, the gift Bibles in their hands after accepting Christ. And they were so excited. They said, I can't believe what just happened. I'm so excited. I, I, I can't believe my eyes are open to this. And it was joyous. So we can pray that way. I pray that way all the time. But then, you know what I, I also do? I pray, I pray for loved ones and family members that don't know Christ. And this is where I want to encourage you. Uh, you, know, you, you may not say, I don't want to pray for Washington. I don't want to pray for the, the valley. But Don't we all want our kids and our grandkids and our parents and our loved ones, if they don't know Jesus, to come to know Jesus? And then when I say thy kingdom come, I begin to pray, Lord, for this relative, that relative. You know how God lays people on your heart? Sometimes it's a neighbor. It's just somebody that's on my heart. And I begin to pray for them to come to know Christ as their Savior. Thy kingdom come. And then the second part of this is pretty cool too. God's kingdom will come when Jesus returns to the earth. I'm looking forward to that day. You know, Jesus was raised from the dead. He spent 40 days on the earth with his disciples. The Bible says he taught them the secrets of the kingdom of God. I would love to have been, and I wish they could have recorded those. They were, you know, I could watch them live stream, but they weren't recorded, right? And then after 40 days, in front of his disciples, the Bible says he ascended into heaven and he went up in the clouds and the disciples are all looking up there 
And they're like, whoa, where did he go? Is he coming back? And then an angel literally spoke to him. They said, hey, eyes back on the ground. And here's what they said. That same Jesus, in the same way that he just left, he shall come the same way. He's going to come in the clouds. And the Bible talks about that time when Jesus will come. He'll come for his church, but then he'll come and set up his kingdom on planet earth. And I'm excited about that. So I also take a moment and I say, God, I know you have all the timing and everything, but man, if Jesus could come back sooner, I, I want to blow this joint. I'm, I, I've had all I need of the earth, and I'd love Jesus to come, set up his kingdom. The Bible declares every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Jesus will rule over all the nations. And so every time you pray this straight through or you take some time, you're just praying and saying, God, I want your kingdom to come. Now, this next part is amazing too, and it goes like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible teaches us that God created time. It didn't exist till he created it. And he lives outside of time. And he literally can see the beginning all the way to the end. And if, you, if you're a student of the Bible, you see that. When, when there's a prophecy by a prophet, it's literally, I mean, God is literally telling us what's going to happen in the future. He's not guessing, guys. He's already seen it. He, he stands outside of time. I can't figure that out. I, I can tell you intellectually that's what it, that it, I, I don't. I have no comprehension how to figure it out. But I've said this before. I wouldn't follow a God who I could figure out, right? I, I'm glad there's a little mystery to God, right? And uh, I can't figure him out. But it's amazing. So the Bible lets us know that he's sovereign. He has some plans, you know, and he has seasons. And you see it as you read the Old Testament. And I know for our country, uh, I know there's the end times and I know uh, all countries will go a certain direction, but I never know when that is, right? So at this point, when I pray and I say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, uh, I begin to pray for our nation again. And, and, and here's, here's the first thing I do. God's will be done as it is in heaven concerning the nations and their leaders. And I take a lot of time praying for our nation, guys. And if you're like me, I see a lot of things. It doesn't matter who the president is, who the Congress, I see a lot of things I do not like, you know, and I'm not happy about. And so I'll, I'll take this time when I say thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know his general will is for righteousness to reign, right? So uh, I'll begin to pray and I'll pray for Congress. You know, I told you how I pray for them to not come to know Jesus. But then I pray this way. I say, Lord, if it's possible to take so-and-so out, take them out. They're messing us up, right? And I'm not asking him to send a, hit, send a hit, man. I'm just asking, you know, for him to get them out of their office, right? And we don't want to pray that way. I had people in the lobby saying, you can pray for God to send a hit, man. I said, no, no, we're not praying for that. God forbid, right? Uh, they'll take me off YouTube if I said that, right? But, but guys, no, um, I'll just pray. Because some people, you know, if they're not going to accept Jesus, they're messing it up, right? And I'm just praying, Lord, uh, if, if they're evil, expose their evil and take them out of office. But then I always say, but not my will, your will be done. Why? Because I don't know where we're at in time. I don't know the ultimate plan of God. But man, I pray my heart out. I say, Lord, I don't like this. I'd love to see this change. Lord, I don't like this. I'd love to see this change. And I just pray my heart out. But then I always say, but not my will, your will be done. I pray for local governments. I pray for God to move like he's never moved before 
in our governments. And I wanna show you a cool scripture. And then I wanna share something with you because you live in a democratic republic and we have a first amendment. I wanna to talk to you about that and uh, just encourage you as not only a Christian, but an American citizen. And, and I just wanna show you some things that you can do if you have it on your heart to do, right? But first, I wanna give you some hope. This is so hopeful. Tell you an Old Testament story. Um, God had a prophet, Jeremiah, come to Israel and he said, you guys are going to be taken captive. They're going to destroy the temple and you'll be captive for 50 years. That's what he told them. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe the prophets. They wanted to stone the prophets, but, but it happened. And they were taken to Persia and they were captive. And right about that 50 year mark, God had a new uh, emperor of Persia come in. His name was Cyrus. Cyrus was not a Christian. Cyrus was a, a, an idol worshiper. He did not like the Hebrews. He did not like their God. But God literally, the Bible says, God can take the heart of a leader, a king, a president, Congress people, and he, it says he can move them to do whatever he wants. That's pretty cool. And that gives us hope, right? God can do that still today. So notice what God did with Cyrus. Ezra chapter one, verse one. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. Now, Cyrus doesn't know this. This is just for our reference, right? God's letting us know. I said this 50 years before. I want you to know I'm God, right? But notice this. The Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his, his realm and also to put it in writing. So God got in his heart. This is a guy that has no love for Israel, no love for God. And he made this proclamation. Now, I'm gonna tell you what it was, but fact check me, read Ezra chapter one, read the verses down, you'll see that it's true. It's amazing what God did. Cyrus, God put it on his heart. He said, I'm gonna send the Jews back to rebuild their temple. And I'm sending guards to protect them because it was pretty rowdy out there. And so he's sending his own soldiers to protect them. And then he said this, and I love this. You ready? He said, and we're going to pay for it out of the Persian treasury. And everything God wanted came to pass. And he did it by moving on a king that had no regard for God whatsoever. I don't know about you, but that gives me some hope, guys, that you and I can pray no matter who's in an office, and we can pray for God to move. And I, so I'll sit in, in my prayer chair in my living room. I'll just say, God, I want to see this change, God. I want our president to do this. I want Congress to do that. And I always say, but not my will, your will be done, but I'm hoping your will's my will because I think my will's a good thing right now, right? And, and I like to see this change, Lord, but I know we might be in a certain time, and I, I get all that, and that's for you to decide but this is what I want to see. And boy, talk about it giving you some peace, right? It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. But also, I think prayer is really important. But God might want some of you to be the feet of some of the prayers that are prayed, right? So because you live in a democratic republic, I want to encourage you to become involved, I mean, go to a school board meeting if you're not happy, right? Um, go to a county commissioner meeting if you're not happy, right? Go, go, go and become involved. Let your voice be heard because this is a democratic republic and you are allowed to do that. I'm, I'm talking to people on both sides of the aisle. I'm telling you, man, you have a right to speak out and 
you, you should speak out. Become a part of a group. Maybe there's a group you want to become part of. Uh, and for some of you, you don't have that on your heart. Some of you do. I just want to let you know because you live in a democratic republic, you can do that. Now, if I were teaching this in China, I wouldn't tell them to do that because I, I might as well just tell them, go get thrown in jail because they're going to just throw those, those guys in jail, right? But we live in a country, it's still free. We still have our First Amendment. And sometimes I think it might be taken away. So I would encourage you to become involved. But I, I want to give you one caveat. You ready? You ready? You have to be Christian about it, right? Especially if you're wearing a believer's church shirt. You, you, you can't go in there cussing and being mean, right? Do it in love. Be Christian about it. But you have every right to do it. But don't forget the power of prayer, man. Pray too. And then maybe as you pray, God will lead you to do some things. I know as I pray, God's stirring people up to do some things. So it excites me to be able in the morning to say, Father, your kingdom come in Washington, D.C., in this valley. Let your will be done as it is in heaven and then to pray my heart out. Um, I'm excited about that. But here's the second thing you can pray, and this is really cool. Uh, God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven concerning Christians. This could be your mate, could be your kids, could be your parents, could be your friends. Uh, it could be the people here at Believers. But we have a right to ask God to take his will for every person and to literally put it in their heart and make it a desire. It's the desire of their heart. So this is really important. God created everybody with a purpose. And when you accept Jesus, there's a purpose, there's a plan for your life. And I'm talking about within God's kingdom at this time. And the Bible actually teaches us that God wrote it down in heaven. It's really powerful. Look at Psalm 139, 16. And I read this not too many weeks ago in another message for another reason. But it reads, but with your own eyes, you saw my body being formed. Even before I was born, you had written in, a, in your book, Everything I would do. And contemporary English version brings the Hebrew out. Great. So think about this. Before you were born, God wrote in a book his very plan for your life. That is amazing. I know that, so this is why I pray. And when I say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I'll pray for na our nation. I'll pray for our government. But then I begin to pray for you guys. And man, every day of my life, I pray for you guys. And I prayed this morning. It's Sunday morning. I got up early just to pray for you guys, right? And I prayed to our Father. I prayed some other prayers. But, but here's what I pray, guys. And you can do it too for whoever you have on your heart. But I said, Father, everyone that calls Believer's Church their home church, I pray that whatever you wrote in the book, whatever you created them to do, that you would flood their heart with it. It would become such a strong desire, they can't do anything but that. And I know there's that book, and I know God's able to put those desires in their heart. And guys, it just blesses me like crazy when I begin to pray that way for you. But then guess what? You can also do this. You can pray for your loved ones. And that's absolutely powerful. And some of you parents, your grandparents, you see some of your kids not serving God, maybe going a direction you're not happy they're going, and you can literally begin to pray, Father, put godly desires in them. Change them forever. I ask you to take whatever was written in that book and put it into their hearts. And it's very, very powerful. Hey, if Jesus gave us a prayer, it's a prayer worth praying. I want to ask you a question. And Boardman, guys at TCI, online, here in Warren, everybody listening in the future, are you excited that Jesus taught us how to pray and that our prayers can literally change nations and change people? If you are, can we just give it up and say, thank you, God? Yeah, let's shout a little bit about that. That's awesome.
I'm asking you to shout. I don't shout, so, but if you want to, you can't see. Um, I enjoy this prayer. I want to I end this way, uh, and then we'll pray. Um, I'd like for us um, to pray the Our Father, but not read it. So however you learn it, you just pray it that way. But let's pray it out loud, and, and then we're going to pray after that. But let's pray the prayer out loud. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I can't wait for a second half. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, change us forever. Grow us in this area. Father, help those that have never prayed. Father, give them help tomorrow and over this week to begin to pray this beautiful prayer. Lord, every time we pray it straight through, let these words come alive in each and every one of us. Thank you, God, for doing what only you can do in our lives. So we're in an attitude of prayer. We're praying. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your eternity. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you didn't know. You don't even know if you believe in hell. You don't know if you believe in God. And we're excited God brought you and you're listening right now. Um, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me, Jesus. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. And that's because Jesus, who always existed, took on a human body. He died and he carried all of our sins. He shed his innocent blood. God raised him up from the dead and he's alive. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. So if you're listening and you say, you know, something's different as I hear this. My heart's touched, my heart's open. I believe that's the Holy Spirit doing that in your life. And you say, I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with us right now? Everyone in Boardman, uh, pray along with us. Guys at TCI, everyone online here in Warren, uh, I want to ask you to pray and accept Jesus. I'm not asking you to join our church, but simply to open up your heart and say, Jesus, I receive you as Savior. Can the rest of us help them? So pray this prayer with those that are praying it for the first time and say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. You always existed. You came to earth to save mankind. I believe you died, were buried, and God raised you up from the dead. I accept you as my savior and make a decision to follow you. From this day forward, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers the Connecting Place on Facebook. 
The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.